July 20th, 2022, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Daf Sadidalid Amut Bet, and in the first of the wide lines, before they get widest, it's five lines down, and it's, excuse me, it's four li- lines down, and uh, basically in the middle of the line. It says the Gemara, Navi ki musak This is the context of Yesha'ya Hanavi speaking to Sanheriv Harasha. And so, excuse, uh, excuse me, yeah, so that's, uh, the context is Yesha'ya Hanavi, more specifically just speaking about the circumstance of the time. We're in the wide lines, before they get wide, to call it the medium lines, four lines down. And the Gemara just cited that pasuk, so go five lines down, just uh, three words onto the line. It cites this pasuk with these uh, several words. One word is mu'af, and the other one is musak. Musak is easier. To be mesik means to give pain, uh, to, to sorrow, to give a hard time to someone. Mu'af is a hard word to translate. Now, it seems, or it has in it, almost that word ayef. Uh, to be tired, to be wary. Amar bil azar bar berechia, the derashah of this pasuk is, en nimsar ayam ayef betorah biyad mi hamasikla lo. The derashah goes as follows, this is not a nation which is tired in Torah, which will in turn be given over to the one who's giving it sorrows, who's attacking it. In other words, Sanheriv should understand, everyone should understand that Hizkiyah's generation is one which is imbued and filled with Torah on a very high level. And as a result, Sanheriv doesn't stand a chance. Now, it's true that the ten Shivatim had already been exiled, that Sanheriv had been somewhat or very much successful, but the very end would not come for Sanheriv because Hizkiyah's generation, as the Hachamim understand it, as the Navi seems to describe it, was righteous. How were they righteous? With their involvement of Torah. Uh, the Gemara, as a matter of fact, on Dafkaf, if you recall, earlier in the Masech, it was Doresh the Pasuk and Eshet Hail. Pasuk talked about Sheker Hachen, the Hevel Hayofi, Isha Yerat Adonai Titalal. There were two Derashot about, uh, in the Gemara over there. One of the Derashot, the first of them was Sheker Hachen Zedoro Shel Moshe. Hevel Hayofi Zedoro Shel Yehoshua. We're talking about two great generations in our collective memory and history. And the Gemara goes on to detail one or two of the details that we'll see on the Amud over here, which means that historically, when we as a nation look backward and say, was there ever a time during which we actually were connected, at the very least with regards to a strong part of our nation, the answer always is the time period of Hizkiyah. As a result, the rabbis are now envisioning these Pesukim, these prophecies, as saying, you're not going to be successful because we're too strong in our Torah, or Hizkiyah is too strong in his Torah, and the people's following. Amar bil Azar, okay, so that's what we read. It continues the Gemara, and it cites not in the, the Pasuk shortly thereafter. So the end of that Pasuk says, Hekal Arsa, excuse me, Ka'et Harishon, Hekal Arsa Zevulun, Ve'arsa Naftali, Ve'aharon, Hechbid. That's a pasuk again in the prophecy of Yehoshua, of Yeshaya, and it says something about a first one being kal, kal means it's light, and then it mentions Zivulun and Naphtali, which are two of those ten tribes, and then it says the Aharon, the last one, Hichbid Derech Hayam. 
Ever Hayardin, Gilil Hagoyim. The last one is heavier than those first ones. Who's the first ones and last ones? The vision of the rabbis will be much as I kind of introduced it to you. The first ones will be the ten shivatim. The ten shivatim were kal. They were light in their Torah, their observance, their connectedness to God. And as a result, it was easier to rid them, to exile them from this land. The last one, that which is remaining, Hiskiah's generation and people who are still present in Eretz Yisrael, they, in some way or fashion, we're going to talk about Ever Hayerdin, the Jordan River or the Jordan passing, and we're going to talk about the Yam, which is going to be a reference in the eyes of the rabbis to Yam Suf, and then it's going to have some mention in the Patsuktas of of the nations, or specifically of Ashur. So let's see the derasha here in the Gemara. It says the Gemara in the first wide line, several words on Tulam. You should know that this generation, or these people that remain in Eretz Yisrael, Sanhiriv will not have an easy time with them, because they're not like the Rishonim, Shehekelu, who made light upon themselves, Ol HaTorah. Ol HaTorah, of course, is the yoke of the Torah. Aval Aharonim, these last ones, Hizkiyah, the people who are still following, Shechpidu Alehen Ol Torah. They not only accepted, but they made heavy upon themselves. They were steadfast in their commitment to Torah. Uri'uyin halalu la'asot lahen, or le'asot lahem nes ke'ovre hayam, and as a result, the last reference, strangely in the Pasuk of the Yardin and of the Yam, in the eyes of the Gemara, is to Yamsuf and to Evra Yardin, Yehoshua, and then beforehand, Am Yisrael had miracles at the sea. They had seas which parted for them. This generation is the generation who are worthy as well for such a miracle. Sanhiriv should be warned. Everyone should understand. We have a certain strength. We're connected. As a result, we are uh, protected as well. Im hozerbo mutav. He should know, Sanhiriv, if you turn away, if you do teshubah, if you repent in this moment and don't attack Am Yisrael mutav, you'll be okay. Vim lav, but if you don't, ani e'eselo gilil bagoyim. If not, I'll make him, uh, Rashi says, Gilil Milashon Mit Galgel. I'm going to make him like this, uh, this rolling, um, what's the word in English? Willowing, maybe, uh, wallowing, rather. Uh, embarrassment. It's just going to be something that just bounces around and uh, circles around everyone as they know the embarrassment of this individual. Sanchelev, you have a choice. Stop and turn away, or you'll be the embarrassment who turns and spins in front of all. The Pesukim continue after these matters, and this truth, truth of course is a reference always in the eyes of the Hachamim, and the eyes of us, we're looking for the source of truth, we're talking about godliness. We'll have to figure out why that's mentioned here. So the Pasuk describes him shortly after this, um, and you really need the the full context of this Pasuk, because the full context of this Pasuk um, has immediately beforehand, it should say, I I should have read it, it has immediately beforehand talking about, literally, the Pesukim right before this is what, immediately beforehand you have a description of how everyone's connected to Torah, Everyone is doing the right thing. And, says, and after these matters, Sanhiriv made his way and he was looking to capture. Well, says the Gemara, 
Well, what hai reshana lehai pardashana? That's an expression. This present, this award goes to this important person. I was you're dealing with the person of the year award, and you gave them uh, some. Uh, you, you, you expelled them from the uh, business. You threw them. I'm fired for being the person of the year, the employee of the year. I'm the a valedictorian, and that's why I was expelled from the school. Hai reshana lehai pardashana. For this important individual, you gave this sort of reward. Says the Gemara. All right, we'll have to explain what's taking place, at least in the eyes of the rabbis over here. And so the Pasuk said, after the matters and the truth. So there's God's involvement. After God, so to speak, willed one way. What did he will? He said, if I were to say to Hizkiyah, I will bring Mayetina, I will bring Lele Sanhiriv, I'll bring you Sanhiriv, Umasranale, and I'll hand him over, Biadach, now, uh, to your hand, Hashata, now, Amar, he would say, Hizkiyah would respond, Lahavabaina, Vela Biatute, I don't need him, and I don't need the worries with regards to him. Now the Gemara is going to see that as a negative expression. Chizkiah should not have said that. And you have to take a step back and try to understand, in my mind at least, the ramifications of such a negativity. What's negative? He says, I don't want to deal with my enemies. I'd rather keep them away instead of conquering them. The Gemara seems clear with regards to its vision of this circumstance in understanding that Chizkiah should not have just been building the nation internally. It was inappropriate for him to say, we need to focus just on this study and connectedness. We furthermore need to be politically sound. We need to be strong. We know God's going to protect us. We're aware that we're going to have a certain strength. We'd rather not uh, be focused and lose our focus on those sorts of matters. He's going to be criticized. That's wrong. I'm looking for the opportunity, Hezkiah says God to him, to set forth the strength of Am Yisrael. You need to seize that opportunity. And as a result, Miyad Kafata Kadosh Baruch excuse me, says the Gemara, Miyad Kafata Kadosh Baruch Hu so immediately God says, all right, so now I'm promising, now I'm making clear, I'm actually going to bring him, and it's not going to be so simple. So again, piecing it all together, the derasha goes as follows. Yes, they're all doing the right thing. Now I'm filling in the gap, at least in my understanding of the Gemara. Therefore, Hezekiah is not interested in this battle, even though it's going to be a successful one. Because God says to him, I will, quote unquote, I could give them all to you. I don't need him and I don't need the fear and the worries of that. Says God, all right, now I'm bringing him to you. Now it's going to be against your will. If you're not looking to effectively change your reality and bring forth this strength, Did I'm going to... No, 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 the Gemara... It's never in the Pesukim, and it's the Gemara's quote-unquote imagination of God, which, in my mind, is, is the most beautiful. They're not injecting it into the Pesukim. They're reading the Pesukim and trying to figure out what took place over here, and therefore they're being very clear, we're imagining this. And I even mean Doresh in the Pasuk. They're saying, it must be, it says Emet, it's God's involvement, what could have gone wrong? What were they doing wrong? They we're about to read. At least in the historical memory, as I told you, the consciousness of the people, we remember this generation as a generation involved in Torah at the highest level. What were they doing wrong? That's, no. Yeah. That's, yes. Of course. What was wrong? If I tell you this is a generation, I tell you this is a community, a family where they're studying Torah 24-7, what are they doing wrong? 
So that's going to be the answer. The answer is going to be this song. God has to orchestrate something. He doesn't necessarily want to do something wrong to get to the finish line. He's orchestrating. Yeah, but I mean, it, yeah. what, I'm, what I'm saying is the vision is that he's orchestrating it to fix something that is endemic. What is wrong? We're literally going to be remembering this as a time where everything is right. So I'm uh, saying it's, it's wrong that we don't want to be a little bit, little bit appropriately politically involved. That's 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 my suggested reading here. Says Gemara Shein Eman Nishpad and I said Aot Lemon Im Lo Kashe Dimiti Ken Hayat Kashe Yatsati Itakum Lishbor Ashur Berasi Val Harai Avusenu Vesar Me Alehem Ulo Vesivlo Me Al Shichmo Yasur. So this is God's promise. This is what I'm going to bring. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to destroy them, and in turn, they're all that uh, that that the burden is going to be taken off of Am Yisrael. In this pasuk, there's a med, there's a reference of an evus. The word evus, yadashor koneu hamor evus be'alav. Evus is a trough. T r o u g h. I think a trough. A trough is where animals eat what animals eat from. Why is there a reference to a trough in this pasuk? Says the Gemara, here's the derasha. Amar B'yohanan, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, B'yohanan's interpretation is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is expressing at this time, Yavosan Hiri V'si'ato, V'yi'aseh Evus L'chizkiyahu U'l'si'ato. What... Um, what uh, Sanhiriv, his uh, the aftermath of Sanhiriv will be that he himself and his and his legions and his peoples will be a trough for Yeshaya and for Hiskia and his people. What does that mean? They're going to be a trough. Well, you might read it uh, figuratively, uh, allegorically. In other words, they're going to be the low lives. We're going to be taking food off of them, not in the literal sense. Rashi suggests, in the literal sense, we're going to take their bones—a little scary thought—and we're going to use their bones in order to build troughs. And we're literally going to have our animals eating out of them. Either way you slice it, it's quite a derogatory, terrible vision for what's the uh, going to be the aftermath of Sanhiriv for his attack at this time. So let's pay, uh, let's pay uh, attention for a moment to those last words. Well, the initial words in this pasuk talk about they talk about something similar, right? Taking off the yoke from the from Ashur and so forth. You're going to have a certain ease, and then it says vehubal all, and that yoke, that persecution, that difficulty is going to be hubal. It's going to be damaged. Milashon habala. Mipene because of shamen, because of oil of some sort. What do you mean? It's going to be. What is oil doing for us? Amar bi itchaknafha hovel or hubal all shel sanhiriv mipene shimno shel chizkiyahu shayad dolek bebate kenesiot. Now I'm not certain that the the nikud over here is it shamen or shemen. Either way you slice it. How does art call bim naket? Shamen. Shamen as fats. Okay, either way you slice it. That's the, the, the conjugation the, 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 in the Pasuk. It says shamen, which uh, seems to suggest fat. Uh, I thought the derasha was, was oils. Either way you slice it, fats and oils are used 
for lighting candles. They are used as the source of a candle. You put the wick into it. And as a result, the vision is what's going to break the yoke, the strength, the stronghold of Samhiriv, what is doing it, it's the shamin, by extension I was saying shamin, it's the fat which is lighting the candles of the batek nesiot of Hiskiyanis generation because they're immersed in Torah, that's what's warding off the dangers of you know the nation of Ashur. So again, so It was lighting uh, the nights in the Bate Knesset and the Bate Midrash. Me'asa, now the rabbis reconstructing, reconstructing the scene, envisioned it as follows. And I say, what did he do? What did Hizkiyah do in order to affect that people were going to be immersed in study? He took a sword and he stuck it into the ground at the opening of, I guess, every Bet Midrash. And he said, If you're not studying Torah, you're going to be punctured, you're going to be stabbed by this sword. Uh, does that mean they were actually going to do it to you? I'd imagine not. Well, what's the idea then? The imagery is a jarring imagery, and I think we each know this in our lives. I've been told that uh, recovering addicts do things of this sort. You take a sign and you make it clear, I will not trespass, I will not get into this again. This is going to be my threat. But the threat is silly. You could just pick up the sword and throw it to the side. But that sword being placed over there, we really saw this earlier in the Masechet with an individual named Palti. In the eyes of the rabbis, well, the pasuk does describe how, again, the, the circumstances notwithstanding, how he had the opportunity to uh, sleep with uh, the, the wife of David at a specific time period. But he uh, he holds off because he understands it to be inappropriate. And palti ben laish, the understanding was he was palto kel min ha'avera. Says the Gemara, what did he do? He took a sword and he placed it in between himself and her. And he says, anyone who oversteps this sword should be stabbed. But he put the sword down. I made the same point at that time period, that earlier in the Gemara, in one of the first bit, in one of the, in the first period, and I said, "But wait a second, Palti ben Laish could have picked it up. He put it down. It's a sign. It's a statement. It's a symbol to himself and to others. And it's the same thing over here." Says the Gemara. As a result, Badku midan ve'ad sheva. They checked quote-unquote, during that time period. From one t- side of Eris Israel to the other, and they didn't find a single person who was not somewhat well-versed in Torah. And then they checked from one side of, to the other side. We're going east and west and north and south. And they didn't find neither a young boy nor a young lady. Ish ve'isha. I'll make I'll make that point in a moment. Men and women. They were all well versed in the laws of tumah and tahara, which means to say again, the vision here in the Gemara is that this time period of Hiskiah was an unprecedented time period. As I told you on Dafkaf, a greater time period in the eyes of the rabbis in terms of their immersion, their connectedness to Torah than Moshe's generation and Yehoshua's generation. That's the generation of Hiskiah. It is interesting, and the poskim do in Siman Memzayin, at least associated with Siman Memzayin, pick up on the fact that the Gemara does not only mention men 
and young men, it mentions ladies and young ladies. That's an interesting statement. We're talking about Talmud Torah. The halacha is, what's that? I understand. I understand the response. The general vision is, first and foremost, the Gemara Masechet Kiddushin says that women are exempt from Talmud Torah. It doesn't mean they can't study it. But furthermore, If you're teaching her Torah, it's as if you're teaching her silliness. Why are we praising? Why are we so proud that women are immersed in studying Torah? But the Gemara does continue to explain what they were involved in. It's Tum'ah and Tahara. Tum'ah and Tahara are laws that are relevant to them. Right during a time of a mikdash, tuma and tahara, what you can and what you can't touch, and how to purify yourself when you came in contact with it, that's very telling with regards to laws that are relevant to the women. Nobody would ever argue that women should not and must not know the laws that are relevant to them. Interestingly, in the Rishonim, there is a different girsa in this Gemara, and it's the laws of. Tahara Kodashim. Kodashim mean the sacrifices in the Mikdash. It's for that reason that several Sefer Hasidim and others say, wait a second, the sacrifices in the Mikdash, unless we're referring to specifically the sacrifices that the women were to bring, it appears to be talking about a general statement. This was a time period during which there was a certain pride in women's knowledge of, at the very least, mitzvot, at the very least, Torah, and I would tell you even halakha le without getting into the rationale and reasoning in Siman Mem Zayn, Shohan Aruch is posek la halakha that women must say the birkota Torah in the morning, Asher Kedishanu, Ha'arevna, Asher Baharbanu, and well, there are several reasons suggested, but again, the vision and the understanding needs to be one in which this is not something which is, uh, we, we look to distance, uh, perhaps it doesn't have the same severity, the same uh, tradition as that for men, but in terms of women's involvement, the Gemara does not shy away from praising them here nor elsewhere. It says the Gemara, it's about that generation, the generation of Hizkiah, that it says, Listen carefully, business people. Says the Pasuk, it's that generation, what were men and women, what was the ownership of people? They had one eglat bakar, one cattle of the animal, and then two sheep. That's not all that much. But everybody was sufficient with that. This is the vision of Harambam with regards to Yamota Mashiach. He says, how, how is it that we're going to have strife and poverty which is diminished? His suggestion is because competition is something which is born forth from general wrong perspective, not to say that we shouldn't be competitive and searching and seeking to be as successful as we can be, but during a time in which we're almost utopian, we're going to understand that we can, if we do this right, work in a way that we can each be self-sufficient. That's the vision of the Pesukim. They had just a little cattle, a few sheep, and as a result, we're able to, this is a generation of Hizkiah, uh, be living and cohabitating in a fashion that was making them very comfortable and happy. And furthermore, this is a vision again of the future. These are descriptions of Yamota Mashiach. And as a result, the Gemara is saying that Doroshil Hiskiah fulfilled, quote unquote, Yamota Mashiach. It's a certain charge to each of us. It means your generation can mirror in some way Yamota Mashiach. You can bring forth a certain tikkun to the world during which, and you'll set forth a reality which is one that we only yearn for. Go out and do it. Hiskiah did. 
שקל באלף כסף לשמיר ולשייט יהיה. לדרשה זה אף על פי שאלף גפן באלף כסף, לשמיר ולשייט יהיה. פסוק says that the גפן, whatever, I guess he's selling stocks of, or, or clusters of, of grapes, and they're going to be אלף, which means to say it's going to be very expensive. It's a time period during which, for one reason or another, we're envisioning the fruit, or the grapes most specifically, as costing a lot of money. And you want to know what the fruits are going to be left for? לשמיר ולשייט, thorns and thistles, which means nobody's going to go into the grape business. Grapes are going for $1,000 a cluster. Why is nobody going into it? It might be by inflation, but ultimately speaking, the vision of the Gemara is don't focus on that. Realize instead that the Navi is prophesying that we're not going to be interested in it. You're not interested in it. Here's an opening in the market. You can make millions off this. You can make a thousand off of this cluster. Eat grape, whatever it is. I'm not interested in that. They were focused on other matters. And in turn, that competitive nature uh, was something which wasn't even a challenge to them. Says the Gemara onward, Amar Lahem, as the Pasuk, uh, the pasuk continues. Okay, Now, this next Pasuk, another Pasuk here in Yeshayahu, in Perek Lamed Gimal. Ve'usaf shelalchem, אוסף החסיל כמשק גבים שוקק בו. So the pasuk describes usaf. Usaf means the gathering. שללכם, שלל of course is the spoils. This is the prophecy about collecting spoils from Sanhiriv. Sanhiriv is going to be destroyed. And gentlemen, you're going to go and collect spoils. That is going to be, says the Gemara, אמר להם נביא לישראל, יספו שללכם. It says, all right, Sanhiriv is falling. Go take your spoils. Amrulo, keep in mind and envision the generation in the eyes of the rabbi. This is a generation who listens to rules. This is a generation who wants to do the right thing according to the Torah. Amrulo, instead of running, and again, immediately after what we just read in terms of how they're not all that passionate about money. Uh, it's, not, it's not their uh, primary function and will. Amrulo livzoz o lahalok. Should each person go and collect for themselves as much as they're able to procure? That's livzoz. O lahalok, are we supposed to collect and then divide it evenly? Amalahem, he responds to them, and that's the, the, the way the Pasuk describes it, Osef he hasil, or ke osef he hasil. Hasil is a reference to locusts. It says, look at the locusts. When locusts devour, they don't split evenly. Fadalu, go enjoy yourself. Sahten, enjoy any of and all of the spoils. Ma osef he hasil kole hadle hadle atzmo. Avshalalchem kole hadle hadle atzmo. There's no obligation to bring to others. There's no obligation to split it evenly. Go and take amrulo v'halom amone aseret ashevatim meurav bo. The response in turns, but wait a second. Our cousins, our our distant cousins, the ten tribes, the ten shevatim which were exiled, were overtaken somewhat by a. Ashur, there must be, there are possessions of theirs amongst Ashur. So by taking that, aren't we stealing? Aren't we taking possessions, money, food, provisions, clothing that belong to people from our nation? Amar Lahem, his response to them is, the next words in the Pasuk, Kemashak Gevim Shokek Bo. And Gevim, Ma Gevim, Halalu Ma'alin Ata'adam, Mitumal Ata'araf, Ma'amunam Shal Yisrael, Kevan Shinafal Biyad Ovdei Kochavim, Miyad Tiher, or Tihar maybe. And so the Rasha goes as follows, it's a mention of Gevim. Gevim says Rashi Sinorot, we're dealing with pools of water. And the vision in turn is, what's he talking about pools of water? He says the same way if you immerse yourself, halachically speaking, in a pool of water, you go from a state of Tumat to Tahara, so too if the possession of a Jew was taken over by a non-Jew, don't uh, go to the 
the bank with this one, but in general, in the context of war, of shalal at the very least, it's so to speak not purified in this context, but purified from the sin of gezel. You're no longer stealing it from them, you're taking it from the non-Jew and spoils of war. As a result, you have nothing to worry about. It's no longer your cousin, your distant cousin's possessions. It's Ashur's possession. Go and take it. Amar Eser Masa'ot Nasa'oto Rasha' Be'oto Hayom. The Rasha' here is that there were 10 trips. 10 stops that Oto Rasha is a reference to Sanhiriv that he took on that day. Shene Emar, are going to have a lot of words in the Pasuk, which the Hakamim are Doresh, as different names of places. Ba'al, Ayat, Avar, Be'migron, Lemichmas, Yafkid Kelav, Aviru Ma'abara, Geva Malon, Lanu, Harida, Harama, Givat Sha'ul Nasa. All right, lots of different places. If you count them up in the way that the rabbis are going to count them, and they'll struggle with it in a second, 10 separate places. All right, that's all the references. What's the significance? Maybe we'll talk about it separately. Continues the Pasuk. Sahali kolech batgalim. Sahali, sahala, la yudim Sahala. What's sahala? Sahola, sahala is elation, salvation, happiness. Sahali kolech batgalim. So it's some sort of reference to uh, Batgalim. What's Batgalim? Batgalim, the daughter of waves. You should be uh, raising your voice in, in happiness. Hakshiva, you should listen. Layesha. Anya anatot nadeda. Lots of hard words to translate over here. Madmena yosheve hagevim he'izu. So we have lots of difficult, difficult words all placed together, again, without going into Peshat, the Hachamim or Doresh, these Pesukim as understanding what's taking place over here. Says the Gemara, Hani Tuva Havyan. If we're to count all the words and try to envision which ones are places, there's more than 10. You told me there were 10 stops for Samhiri, but count all these places. There's a lot more. Those last words, Sahali, Kolech, Batkalim, and so forth, seem to, says the Gemara, that those last words are not part of the count. Sahali, Kolech, Batkalim, Navi, so whereas that first pasuk that we read, if you count it up in the way that the rabbis will, uh, that's ten places. This next pasuk is a command, is a suggestion to Am Yisrael, to Yeshayahu, turning to the people, and he says to them, You should uh, raise your voice in happiness uh, and sing songs, Batgalim, the daughter of, of waves. Who's the daughter of waves? Bitoshel Avram Tzachav Yaakov Shasu Misvot Kigale Hayam. You guys are the daughters. Am Yisrael Knesset Yisrael of Avram Tzachav Yaakov, who did Misvot, who were righteous and connected to God, like the waves of the oceans. Gemara Masechet Yoman Daf Kafchet that Avraham Avinu was Mekayem Kol Torah Kodem Shenitena. What does that mean? Was he eating Masa and Pesach? Was he sounding Shofar and Rosh Hashanah? The description of many is he was tapping into the truths of Misvot in ways that were appropriate to him. So it could be he was chopping wood or tying his shoelaces and in turn somehow connecting to a truth of mitzvah beyond our capacity to do perhaps, but that's his fulfillment of mitzvot. That's why we refer to the avot as being filled with mitzvot and truth, the Pasuk does, and that's where Rashi in his commentary to the Torah cites this Midrash. There is some sort of adherence to the Torah or the Torah of HaKadosh Baruch Okay, but anyway, the Pasuk then says, turn, turns to them and describes them as the daughter or the descendants of Aram Tzachim and says, pause for a second. Is that appropriate? They have not yet conquered Sanhariv. They're not done with their with with their uh, with their defense uh, mission. 
you're going to sing songs at this point. It's in the context of Samhari's moving in. He's stopping and he's stopping and he's stopping. So imagine the scene. Here we are and we're being surrounded by troops and me being the prophet, I speak to you, I stand up at the pulpit and I say, gentlemen, nothing to worry about. We will conquer them because we have God on our side. Gentlemen, begin singing a song. It's a little bit premature. Let's win the war and then sing the song. After all, we mentioned song being as the culmination. In truth, in truth, there is a mahlokit in the Midrash about when Am Yisrael sang Shiratayam. There is one opinion that says they sang Shiratayam before the splitting of the sea. As they're seeing it taking place, they're singing, but it's not done, is the claim of the other opinion. It's in truth as well, on a year-to-year basis, we return to, on a yearly basis, we return to this sort of question in the context of Halel on Yom HaSmaut. Is it appropriate to be singing a song on Yom HaSmaut? We haven't yet seen full salvation. Maybe we've seen Atchaltad Geula, according to some. Maybe we've seen the steps toward ultimate redemption. But we're not done with it. Is it appropriate then? Is it Ashira Ladunai ki gamal alai? The Pasuk says it's only when you have the full gemul. Until then, it's funny. I might be elated. I might be happy. That is constantly the question. In this context, the Gemara is not so hard because I played the prophet, but I am no prophet. So you look at me and you'll say it's inappropriate for us to sing. Are we so confident in ourselves? We're confident in God. We're confident in ourselves. We're going to stave off those enemies outside, but if it's a prophet who's speaking to you, if it's Yeshaya who's making clear this is what's to take place, it's not inappropriate, because what is inappropriate after all to sing the song before it actually takes place? You're singing the song, you're so confident in yourself that God's going to pull this off for you, but the prophet, the, the Navi is saying it to you, that would be different in the context of, uh, of, of Yom HaAsma'ut. First and foremost, if you're saying a Hatsi Halil, so you're not really characterizing that as a shira in the formal sense. Alternatively, there was a quite a miracle which was already performed. It's not per se the miracle at the absolute culmination, but at the, the critical junctures. After all, we hadn't received Torah, we hadn't entered into Eres Israel at the time of Shira Tayam either. Says the Gemara onward, Hakshiva Laishad Pasuk says, um, that you should listen to Laisha. Laish. Laish is going to be in the eyes of the rabbis a reference to a lion. Who's the lion in this context? It's the big bad enemy. Who's the big bad enemy? Sanhiriv mehai latistifi. Don't be fearful, don't be scared of him, of this, meaning Sanhiriv. Ela istifi harasha dematil I'm sorry, uh, the reference is not to Sanhiriv, it's to the really big bad enemy, and that is Nebuchadnezzar. In other words, the description, strangely enough, in the eyes of the rabbis in this context, is here he is, Yeshayahu, talking to the people and saying to them, guys, listen, relax, sing songs, we're going to handle Sanhiriv. We're a righteous generation. You want to know who you should fear? though, there's going to be someone off in the future, Nebuchadnezzar. It's a crazy thought. We're in the midst of singing a song and you're telling us, but don't think you actually have this all figured out. But there is nonetheless a very real sounding of constant growth with regards to our vision and perspective on life. As much as we're feeling elated, let's bring it back to the Yom HaSmaut experience, as much as we're feeling elated in this moment, as much as we're confident confident about the security of Am Yisrael, as much as we are uh, elated by our connectedness to God, our growth as a nation and religious and commitment to Torah and Mitzvot, there's still something to be fearful of. That in my mind, as inappropriate and as out of place as it appeared, maybe it has a place in context with regards to God's words to the people at that time. Yeshayahu turns to them and he says, guys, fantastic, doing great, you should feel confident with what's to come, 
However, be, realize there are true fears. It might not be imminent, but it is there. You have to be constantly searching for correctedness and absolute growth. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.